Fan Center. Hey everybody, Carter Smith here with this Saturday afternoon edition of Fan Center. We're going to go over everything NBA talk on this episode. Trade deadlines, Anthony Davis, winners and losers, how things are shaping up in the East and in the West. We're going to catch it all right here. Alright, so to get things started, we're going to go over the Eastern Conference, how the trade deadline will probably affect the rest of the season. We're going to start with the Eastern Conference leaders in the Milwaukee Bucks, adding Nikola Mirotic, the sharpshooter, plays the four most of the time while he's on the court. He's been a huge help to the Pelicans this year, especially with all the Anthony Davis drama. Um... Mike Budenholzer, the coach of the, of the Bucks, has done a really good job of putting sharpshooters around Giannis one to help support him right uh, his, his lack of um, shooting but then also he's been able to clear out the floor and create space for Giannis to have one-on-one situations with his height and length and ability uh, it's been a, a deadly combo especially I mean they're outscoring opponents by 10 points on average per game um, so adding another shooter to that lineup especially a really good shooter uh, and Miritich and experience as well adds a whole nother dimension to this team especially where he'll probably be coming off the bench um, just makes him so much deeper on the flip side the Toronto Raptors added someone who not sure if he'll be on the bench or coming off but still helps their depth uh, probably the biggest name traded this this trade deadline was Mark Gasol going from Memphis to the Raptors if you know anything about the Raptors, they already have a 4-5 combo in Pascal Siakam and Serge Ibaka, who uh, have been doing great this year, especially with their ability to shoot and spread the floor as well. Uh, Marcus is no different. He's a shooter. Uh, he shoots well. He's 5. He's big. Uh, defensive Player of the Year. Um, again, another candidate this year for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I'm not sure if Gasol will come off the bench or if he's going to start and they'll move Siakam or Ibaka to the bench um, it'll probably be something that Nick Nurse head coach of the Raptors will have to go over um, Mark Gasol has had some issues with coaches in the past the, that's the only real concern I have with the Raptors going forward is is how Mark Gasol fits in with them and also because they trade they were thinking of trading Kyle Lowry he was rumored in some talks in it even told the media he was worried that he was probably going to get traded so the Raptors after the trade deadline the dust settles they've got a couple things they need to fix that relationship with Lowry you know they still got to convince Kawhi Leonard to stay how does Mark Saul fit is he okay coming off the bench or do you want to have someone else off the bench and are they okay with that um currently they're the the two seed in the in the east and they've got a three and a half game lead over the third place Pacers so I'm not worried that they'll drop right away i mean they're still a really great team and they added a lot of talent it'll just be a while before i feel like i i see them as contenders in the east again just because i need to see how gasol fits with all of them and i think they'll get there just right now of all the teams that made trades i think the raptors probably set themselves back 
but also raised their ceiling for the playoffs. Probably more than anyone. Maybe the 76ers, but we'll get to them in a second. Uh, Boston and Indiana didn't really make any major moves. Um, they moved some pieces around, really, but nothing out of their core. Both uh, look to be in the buyout market, especially the the Pacers for a wing to help replace Victor Oladipo. And, and Boston has been rumored to be interested in Ennis Cantor coming off the bench as their, as their five. Um, both those teams right now still doing solid, especially Indiana with Oladipo gone. won their last four. Um, I think both those teams, if they get a buyout contract and bring in another role player, you know, could set themselves up nicely to try to jockey for position for the playoffs and then make a run. Um, Indiana, I don't see any moves that they made, especially with the Oladipo injury. I don't see them winning the Eastern Conference. I think they'll do well the rest of the year, though, just because that's their mentality is, you know, next man up. But without that talent in Oladipo, I think it'll be tough for them to to make that deep run. Uh, Boston, though, however went to the conference finals last year took it to seven games and gordon hayward and kyrie irving were both injured they're back now adding in his canter especially with brad stevens and how well he's coached that team i know they're 35 and 20 right now but that's a lot of figuring out roles and everything too um i think boston will probably be well that's tough but i i think boston has a legit shot at at making it in the east I think come playoff time, they're, they're pieces that they all have, especially if they bring in another one. Uh, they'll all be fit, know where they stand, and um, the talent there is just incredible. Just trying to make it all fit has pretty much been the story of the season. Philadelphia 76ers have been a trade machine all year. If you follow the NBA, you've known that Jimmy Butler moved early on in the season to the 76ers. Uh, from Minnesota, they traded Robert Covington away and Dario Saric. They just added Tobias Harris. And I'll tell you why this is so great for the 76ers. Simmons and Butler both need the ball. Both need the ball quite a bit. Um, Tobias Harris doesn't need the ball that much. He's a team player, works hard. He also is an all-star snub on a contract year. You know, never really been anywhere where there's a ton of winners, although he has helped... The Clippers be currently the eighth seed in the West, which speaks enough for itself right there. Adding him makes the Sixers so much more dangerous because last year when the Celtics played the 76ers, the big thing that the Celtics did is they just dared Ben Simmons to to shoot. They sat back off everyone, said, you know, we'll be in help if Simmons tries to drive, but other than that, let's make him shoot. And he can't do that very well, especially from deep, the farther out he gets. Um, so adding Harris and Butler improved their shooting, helped make some more shot creators, guys who can play uh, both sides of the floor. I think come the playoffs, although I don't have the 76ers in the Eastern Conference Finals, I do think that their shot and their claim to be there increased that much more. I'm just worried about how young they are and inexperienced. Um, and some of the chemistry issues that Jimmy Brothers brought with them and adding Tobias Harris. Um, but I think I had, you know, Milwaukee, Toronto, and Boston as my teams. Those three all having a real shot for the Eastern Conference. I think now you have to make up four teams with the moves that, that Philadelphia has made. You have to consider them for the Eastern Conference Finals. 
Another big team or big trades that I've made is the Washington Wizards got rid of Otto Porter, sending him to Chicago for Jabari Parker and for Bobby Portis. Um, if you're the Wizards, but Otto Porter's contract was pretty big. He's a good complement to the team. I'd rather have him than Bobby Portis or Jabari Parker. But again, that contract is huge. Um, whereas Bobby Portis and Jabari Parker both will come off the books a lot sooner than he will. Um, only thing I don't like about this trade is just that they're only three three games back in the East. You know, they still had a legit shot at making the playoffs, even though it would have been the eighth seed or the seventh seed in the East. I like to always see teams trying to make the playoffs rather than, you know, counting themselves out about the trade deadline. Only other team that really made a huge move is the New York Knicks. If you saw, they traded Kristaps Porzingis to the Dallas Mavericks for Dennis Smith Jr. Both of those players weren't currently happy with their situation on their teams, wanted out, so they traded them. Um, they also brought on DeAndre Jordan and Wesley Matthews. Rumors are they could get bought out, but so far nothing's happened. Um, it's, the Knicks are 10 wins, 44 losses. They're not making the playoffs, but it'll be interesting to see how the rest of their future is now that they've opened up all this cap space and added a hopefully cornerstone franchise point guard to their team. Now, the Western Conference had some trades as well. We've gone over a couple of them. L.A. trading Tobias Harris. You know, Dallas Mavericks entering Dennis Smith Jr. And Memphis with Marcus Saul. But a lot of the teams that are in the playoff hunt right now didn't make very many, if any, moves, uh, which was a little disappointing going forward just because the way that the West looks right now is probably going to stay about the same as far as uh, standings one through eight come the playoff times. Although the Clippers, my guess is, will probably drop out with losing Tobias Harris, uh, and that'll open up the way for either the Kings or the Lakers to, to take over that final spot in the West. One thing that was interesting, though, is Anthony Davis never got moved from New Orleans. They plan on playing him the rest of the season. For me, I thought that Anthony Davis needed to get moved. I think that the Pelicans should have waited all the way until the trade deadline. That way, the team started getting desperate. We're willing to throw out a little bit more to get uh, the Pelicans' big man over to their team. Um, but then, after the trade deadline, the reason I think it was so necessary is because from here on, the longer they have Anthony Davis, the less he's worth. He's on for the rest of this season and next. After that, he's an unrestricted free agent. He can go wherever he wants. And so a little bit different than the Paul George situation, the Kawhi Leonard situation, uh, more along the lines of the Kyrie Irving situation where you have him for multiple years, you get to sell him on your team and the city and the vision that you have going forward instead of just one year trying to convince him. But now that's all that they have. You have one year to convince Anthony Davis to stick around. And Anthony Davis, I know he said he wants a trade, but he's actually not a, he's a pretty loyal guy. Earlier in his career, he said he wanted to build a championship team in New Orleans, that he wanted to stay there. Pelicans obviously haven't been able to deliver. They have made moves to try to do that, you know, trading for DeMarcus Cousins, but he left. 
re-signing Drew Holiday, who I think is a great point guard, but you need more than just Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis uh, to make a winner. So if I'm New Orleans, especially the owner and the, and the team going forward, and a fan really is just be a little bit disappointed that Anthony Davis didn't get moved because I feel like this offseason he probably will get moved but it won't be for as much as the Lakers were willing to offer you know throwing in Lonzo Ball, Kai Kuzma, uh, Brandon Ingram, two first round picks uh, I mean and a, a whole another handful of players especially a lot of players that would have come off the books after the season you know creating cap space and, and openings there. The other moves that I wanted to talk about in the West uh, was the Dallas Mavericks getting Kristaps Porzingis. I doesn't really change how the rest of the season is. In fact, it probably hurts them more than helps them losing Wesley Matthews and DeAndre Jordan. Um, but if Kristaps comes back how he was, Dallas should be a playoff contender next year. The duo of Porzingis and Luka Doncic especially with some of the pieces that are currently around is is great I think that will be a, I think they put two franchise players right next to each other in Dallas they did however trade Harrison Barnes to the Kings Sacramento and this is what I love and I talked a little bit about this earlier over in the east how or I mean with in the west with the Clippers wanting to move Tobias Harris away even though they're in the eighth seed right now the Kings are the opposite they bought in they traded uh, Zach Randolph who hasn't played a game this season Justin Jackson coming off the bench for a guy in Harrison Barnes with experience he's won a championship with the Warriors who I think will really help them especially since he can play the three or the four to help this Sacramento team make this playoff push they only have a game on the Lakers but the Lakers also have their own drama going on and chemistry they need to figure out so adding Harrison Barnes I think you'd say the Kings probably shouldn't make it the Lakers will but now with the Harrison Barnes with the Kings Lakers with all their drama I think it will come down a lot closer than we think especially since I mean we've already played uh, 55 games of the season there's only you know there's only a handful of games left and every game counts and you know the Clippers are falling out that spot's going to open up who wants it I don't know everybody does but who gets it I don't know uh, it'll be interesting to see how those trades and moves from the teams at the 8 9 10 11 spots 13 if you count the Pelicans will affect the end end of the playoff hunt and start a next season going forward This will do it for the NBA trade deadline edition of Fan Center. Let us know what you think. What teams will do better than we thought? What teams will do worse than we thought? We'll put it on social media. It'll be on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It'll be at fan underscore center underscore. Let us know what you think of our analysis of the NBA trades and how it'll affect the rest of the season. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody, welcome to the Fan Center Podcast. Uh, Carter here with you. 
We're going to talk about game two of the NBA Finals. Sorry, the most important thing is that the Warriors won 109-104. Although, I think it's important to remember that Toronto actually outscored the Warriors in three of the four quarters, except for the third quarter. Um, And at the end of the third, going into the fourth, the Warriors went on an 18-0 run that really set them on course for the rest of the game. If you look at the at the box score and some of the other things, and if you watch the game, um, it was kind of back and forth. Uh, the Raptors, they played well, even though they, they took the loss to uh, last night. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I've noticed, at least in this series, is what non-star, when I say non-star, these guys are still amazing basketball players, right? But what non-stars are able to knockdown shots last night Andre Iguodala uh, knocked down a big three to really put the game away with about five seconds left it was it was 106 104 and then he hit that three and then they left them wide open because they were more concerned about Steph Curry um, but same thing happened in game one right Gasol and Siakam they were knocking down shots because everyone was trying to focus on Kawhi and, and Kyle Lowry and, and make sure that they gave up the ball and when those guys were knocking down shots Raptors running away with it and I think that's going to be honestly I think that's going to be how the series is decided is the quality players that are given a lot of minutes but aren't necessarily the star or the focus how do they shoot how do they play right and in game one it was the Raptors players that that outplayed Golden States and in this game it was Golden States that outplayed Toronto's um but a couple things that that'll affect Game Three going forward is is how much does Demarcus Cousins play? He played one or he played eight minutes in Game One, and then he played 28 minutes in Game Two. So I don't know which one we're gonna see in Game Three. But the more he plays, the more I think the Golden State's chances of winning improve. And then you've also got things to consider like Clay Thompson and Steph Curry both had health issues. In this game, Steph was having some kind of sickness uh, that they were treating mid-game. Uh, Clay actually went down with a hamstring injury. Um, he's probable for Game Three. There's no guarantee that he'll play yet. They they uh, haven't released a report from his MRIs or anything yet. Um, but this this series is really going to come down to those outside players, right? Because even if say Thompson's out, I mean you'll have Iguodala coming and fill his spot, and then they'll probably start. Um, either Sean Livingston, Quinn Cook, Drebko, McKinney, you know, someone on a wing position there um, that could shoot and, and space that floor. But as a it's a weird series, right? It's weird to, to not see LeBron in there first off, but it's also weird to to have so much uncertainty. I mean, we don't know i mean the five all-stars that are on golden state have barely played together there's not a lot of continuity between all of them we don't know if durant's ever going to play again in the warriors uniform uh, with that calf injury who knows about clay who knows about steph uh, people are starting to learn who the bench players are on the warriors because they're the only games to watch now i mean McKinney and Bogut and Looney and all those guys that are playing, you know, 10 plus minutes now, we're seeing them and I don't really know anything about their game and what they can bring to the table. Uh, and then if you look at the Raptors, like, this is a fairly new team that had new acquisitions at the beginning of the season, even mid season with Gasol. Uh, there's just, 
after game one, you know, we're talking about how, ooh, the Raptors can handle it. We're totally fine. You know, the Raptors in six, they need KD back if they're going to win. And then all of a sudden after game two, it's like, well, the Warriors are a solid team. Let's not forget they're a championship team. And Leonard needs more help and all these different conversations and things going on where because we're constantly on this game by game analysis because there's just so much that we don't know right last year with LeBron we knew exactly what to expect from the Warriors and Cavs we knew that the Warriors had this star power that the Cavs didn't and unless LeBron could give us superhuman feet the Warriors were going to take it but this there's just so much with injuries and so much with new teams that I don't know if we we know who's going to win Uh, But let me know who who you think will take game three and eventually who will win the finals. Thanks.